Enter the mind of your favorite artists, DJs, and producers, and find out how their mindset made them who they are today. Music and Mindset with Sunil Mack. Okay, welcome to another edition of Music and Mindset. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing my brother from another mother. I spent time with this guy, and I know he's not only a fantastic musician that gets nominated for awards left, right, and center, but he's an incredible and inspirational mind. He's known for his soulful music, suspenseful and mysterious voice. But today there will be no mystery as we enter the mind of musician fellow football fan all the way from Nashville. This is my brother, Bentley Caldwell. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. I, it's funny you said with the suspenseful voice, I, I just wanted to come in with like a, hey, hey, voice like this, like you guys. <laughs> just a mess that I was expecting like, Barry White to be on the other end of the line. Like, oh, hey. right? They were so disappointed right now. Like, oh, I was going to be better. Oh, man. How have you been? How have you been, brother? How's things over that side of the world? Oh man, it's uh, it's good. It's it's a little chaotic, man. I think uh, like no one wants to come over here, and then no one wants any Americans to go anywhere else because of quarantine. So it's it's been uh, it's been a trip, man. This this whole quarantine pandemic thing has just been wild. Man. It's it's so crazy right now. I mean, like everybody's facing different challenges within their own, you know, location, situations, environments right now. What have you found to be the biggest challenge for you going through this pandemic? Well, it was um, it was in stages for me uh, when it first started because no one knew how long it was going to go. Um, I was kind of just like, all right, well, you know, it'll be a couple of weeks and then, you know, things will come back back around. And then it turned into them shutting down like Nashville, you know, and. Well, I mean, obviously they shut down most of the world, but like when it hit home here um, and also to Nashville had it, we had a, kind of like a double whammy. So um, my birthday is March 1st. And so that weekend was just like a rough weekend for Nashville. You know, like uh, I threw a party on the 28th, uh, then the 29th, we got a, a major league soccer team. So we'd gone to, to the game. I mean, my birthday was on Sunday, and then the, that Monday night, we had some really bad tornadoes and, like, completely, like, destroyed parts of the city, you know? And it was crazy because everywhere I went that weekend for my birthday is no longer there. Like, buildings got destroyed. Like, you know, where I went to eat on Saturday night before the game is the building is gone, you know, where I went to have, like, Sunday brunch like that building got just like messed up, but then they ended up going out of business also because of the pandemic, you know? And so it's just like, it's so it was, <clears throat> so we had like a week where the whole, you know, the, the city was trying to rebuild. And then literally the following week, the city shut down. So it's like wow. Nashville double, got double hit twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's just been, it's been really, it was, it was really tough, you know, just because we all like the city of Nashville was actually like traumatized from yeah. the destruction of the tornado. Yeah. And then we never really got a chance to recover from that mentally and emotionally. And then we had to like shut down, you know? And so I know for me, um, it took me a while to just kind of find my place even you know, because I'm very much like an outgoing person and I love being outside and this, that, and the other. And for them to be like, 
you can't go anywhere. Right. <laughs> I was like, ah, you know. So, yeah, but it, it gave me the opportunity to, to, to rest. Like when I kind of figured out kind of like my, um, my space, you know, I started resting, you know, and it was funny because everybody was popping up all these things on the internet saying like, if you don't get, create something in this time, then you're a loser and you're a failure and all this. And I was like, oh God, I need to create something. Why have I not read 15 books by now? You know? <laughs> And I had to just go, no, 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 man. Like, what is it that you, that you want to do? And what is it that you need right now? You know? And so for me, my body, my mind, my spirit was just saying rest, you know? And so that's what I did. You know, I went out, um, I got in a road bicycle for my birthday. Um, and so I started riding around doing like almost 14, 15 miles a day, you know, and it was just, it was really good for, for me to be able to like get out in that kind of capacity. hundred uh, percent. So. I think what I'm hearing from people, I mean, you know, most podcasts right now are starting with the, that question, like, you know, how's lockdown, how's the coronavirus situation? Because it's such a huge, it's high, it's having such a huge impact on us. Like you said, mentally, physically, all those kind of things. And, but what I'm hearing from people is, you know, you use the word opportunity there and amongst all this chaos and, you know, for you guys, double chaos of, you know, what's been happening over there. It's interesting that you use the word opportunity because there's still something that we can take from this that can help us in some way, right? There's still something that we can learn from this situation that we're in right now. Yeah. I think for me, um, I always go with what does this make possible? You know, Anytime that there's a, anytime that there's a, a, a situation that's, that's sometimes unfavorable, you know, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's losing your job, a relationship, you know, something, you know, I always go, okay, this happened, but what does this make possible? You know, uh, for every door that's closed, there's a door that opens, you know, and so it's just like, what does this make possible? You know, and so for me, you know, when, when all the pandemic stuff happened and the quarantine stuff happened, it was like, okay, like, what does this make possible for me? You know, and what it made possible was for me to just rest. And, and also too, like, just, I, <laughs> I gained a little bit of weight, you know? So, so I was like, oh, now you can go and go, you know, lose some of this weight by riding your bike all over the town. You know? <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I can fit in these clothes again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great that's a great thing but I love I love that question what does this make possible that's such a powerful question to ask yourself uh, because you know it, it automatically gets you focusing on not what's missing from your life but you know what is there available to you right now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know and I think you know it's just all about reframing the situation yeah. you know yeah. um things are gonna happen you know and and it's funny when you see like the same thing happen to two people, you know, and then you see how each person has a different take on it, you know, and, and it's just like, again, it's, it's all about how you frame the situation. You know, there are going to be some people who, you know, come out of this with some new business and some new whatever, whatever, you know, and then there are some people who unfortunately will probably go further into depression or whatever, you know, and I don't, obviously I don't want that to happen to anybody, but it's all about how like, you know, you frame, you frame the situation, you frame the adversity, you know? Definitely such an, such a great point. 
we're both we met at the Tony Robbins event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big shout, big shout out to the big man if, we, if he's listening. Date with um, <laughs> yeah, date, date with destiny, and obviously, like you know, there's like-minded people at those seminars. But I just wanted to kind of roll back because we ended there at that event, going through our lives, our personal journeys to to meet at that that specific place. But for you, where did this journey into mindset, personal development, wanting to better yourself? How did that start for you? Man, um, it started actually at a very young age. Uh, my mom was insanely positive, <laughs> you know, like, um, so my mom grew up in, in, in small town, Mississippi, like in the 60s, you know, 60s, 70s, you know, she grew up in the projects, you know, she was, you know, I think she was one of like, 10 kids, mm-hmm. you know, single mother, like yeah. my, my grandmother was a single mother, but had kids by like four or five different men, right. you know, so, <clears throat> you know, um, so her, her upbringing wasn't the best, mm-hmm. but she really showed me how, like, no matter where you start, where you start doesn't, you know, necessarily mean where you're going to end. You right, know, and so, right. you know, she was always telling us, like, watch our tongue, watch our mouth, you know, uh, mm-hmm. what you say is what you get, right. you know, and yeah. so, and then she would always say, don't let other people talk about you as well, because their words have power as well, mm-hmm. you know, and so for me, that journey started at a very young age with my mom just always constantly telling us, talking to us about speaking life and speaking life over ourselves and speaking life over people, you know, mm-hmm. and making sure that, you know, people don't try to speak their negativity over your life, you know, because wow. like I said, their words have power, you know? And so she was very like hardcore about that. Like she would tell me, yeah. she was like, someone tries to say something crazy to you. You like shut it down. Right. 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 <laughs> She's like, I don't care if you get the fight, baby. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What, what so, an incredible inspiration that is though. I mean, that's like, you know, cause it's true. If you let, it's not even like if you let people talk bad over your life and you kind of let it go or don't correct it, you're almost accepting it at that exactly. point, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, uh, I was remember, I remember a few years ago I was working this, uh, this random like warehouse job. It was like an industrial construction warehouse and, uh, I'd gone on, on lunch break and I'd gone and to get like some takeaway or whatever. And I spilled the drink in the floorboard of my car and i was like oh no and so i run into the <laughs> run into the to the warehouse i'm like hey like you guys have any like um stuff to soak up moisture out of you know and the girl at the front desk was like oh what happened and i was like oh i just spilled this drink she's like oh you just have the worst luck and i was like and i literally and i felt so bad but like it was just like a knee-jerk reaction i was like no i have the best luck ever <laughs> Oh, the best happens to me, but you know, and she was like, "Uh, okay, okay." Like (laughs) she just meant it as like she wasn't actually mean, innocently thrown out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, but it was just like, like you said, like I didn't want to, even in her innocence, yeah, accept accept that, you know, because like I know. You know, that was just a one-off thing. Like I don't have bad luck. You know, (laughs) said you know, but just 
even that, you know, it's like, even if you just accept that little thing, you know, I, it's like, I don't even want to accept just the small, just like, oh, you just, just have this the worst luck ever. You know, like, oh, yeah, I do. You know, like, no. yeah, yeah. Like even saying, yeah, I do right now. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> just dust it off. Just dust it off. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, that to me is, you know, my my mind just like, psh, because belief systems are something that can get installed in you really, really like stealthily. I, I, I don't even know if that's a word, but I remember saying this to someone else that we don't, it's not, we don't choose our belief systems, number one, but there's not usually like these big moments where you're like, okay, that's my belief system. It's these little events and these little moments that over time, if they stack and they stack and they stack, and all of a sudden, like if, if you'd have been like, yeah, man, I'm so unlucky on that day. Subconsciously, even if you think, oh, it's just an innocent comment, it doesn't mean something. It's gone in subconsciously somewhere. And now it's in your system. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like that little, it's like a little seed has like taken, taken root, you know? And it's like, I don't want any seed of negativity, whether like I said, like whether it's somebody who's just like out to actually get me with a hurtful word or it's just this girl, sweet as can be, just saying it in like an innocent, playful thing. I was like, I don't want any, any seed of negativity taking root in, in my life, you know? That's awesome. I love that. I love the fact that you said, you know, speak life over people. I, I love the way that's been phrased, you know, speak love and life into someone is such a blessing. Yeah, man. I think, you know, I, uh, I had gone to a concert uh, a few years ago and one of the guys had brought up um, a friend and he was speaking about some, um, some little organization that he was working with. And he said something, and I'm telling you, this has probably been like 10 years ago. He said something that stuck with me to this day. And he said, our ultimate duty as humans is to lighten one another's burden. You know, and I, he said that and I was just like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, <clears throat> it is, that is our, our duty as humans is, is to lighten one another's burden. So it's like, if I can speak life into you, you know, it's like that will help somewhere along the way to, to lighten your burden, you know, and it's not, and it's not for me to get. You know, oh, yes, I helped that guy, you know, to uh, pat on the back here. It's just like, no, like, I don't know what you're going through. You don't know what I'm going through. But it's like, if I can say something that helps you in your journey, then that's that's my duty. If I have that knowledge, I should be able I should pass that to you to help, you know. And I, I love what you said earlier about just like how our belief systems are kind of like, embedded in us you know at a young age you know and, and that's why I, I just like love young people you know it's like you know you know we were young once <laughs> you know and it's like we know we know of teachers or coaches or you know friends who who would who would drop little nuggets into our lives that would say like hey you're great or hey you know you can do it or hey you're smarter you know and it just kind of like just like boost you up, you know what I'm saying? And it kind of just helps you, almost propels you a little bit on onto on the journey, you know? I think we've got a responsibility to do that. You know, we've been blessed on this journey, no matter how you found it of, you know, personal development, mindset, all those kind of stuff. You know, some people aren't as fortunate to come across this message in childhood, or maybe they don't have 
an influence as incredible as as your mother who's installing this into you and I, and that's why i feel that there is a real responsibility that if you know this message just pass it on just give just like throw what you can at someone because they might really need it and you know just because your mom passed it to you you still had to go out and do the work to install it into your own life it's not enough to just assume that someone hears it and they're going to take it but the more you hear it the more you see it in action the more you start to believe in it and want to pursue it yeah yeah i think it's it's that thing of like you know like <clears throat> if you if you if someone tells it to you that one off you're kind of like Meh, uh, mm, you know but then if someone keeps telling it to you and keeps telling it to you then you start going maybe maybe there's some truth into this and it can go both ways so you can go <laughs> for good and for bad but it's like you know if someone's always telling you oh you're great uh, there's greatness in you. I see greatness in you. Oh, you're you're gonna do great things. You start that starts becoming the mindset. That starts becoming your way of thinking, your way of life. You know, and then you'll start seeing you start seeing like the the evidence in your physical life. You know, where it's like all these opportunities start presenting themselves that just don't really make sense that this opportunity is coming up like that. <laughs> you know, and. And then you, yeah, and and so for me, I not you know not to brag or anything like that, but I've I've had that where it's been you know these opportunities where it's like what like you know where my even my friends are like of course because you know that's just how your life goes you know <laughs> where it's like oh of course you did that thing because that's just you know and and I think it, it's a thing of just you know I I'm grateful that I, I had people you know, who were placed in my life to, to speak life into me. Um, and then, I mean, that's not to say that like my life has been perfect and easy. Yeah. And we'll come know. on to that for sure. Right. Right. Rainbows and, and butterflies, yeah, you know, yeah, you know? Yeah. but it, it, it has been, you know, enough to where I go, okay, like this is what I know to be true, you know, and I can look back and go, this is, this is truth. Even though my life is a little, like, uh, right now it's like, but this is truth. This is, yeah. that, and, and it's, and you, you know, in one way, the opportunities that you talk about that have come into your life were there, but you had to see them mm -hmm. and you had to focus on them. And it's like, you know, focus and faith, focus and faith and hard work, of course, because you, you know, nothing's just going to knock on your door. You've got to do the work to get there. But, you know, for people out there listening that might be thinking, you know, well, I don't have that same influence. I don't have those same people speaking life over me. Maybe I'm in a negative place right now. The one thing that we, and, and I know we learned, have learned this together and we've definitely spoke about this before is, you know, what you focus on, you bring about. And just because you're in situations, if you can train and it is training, if you can yeah. train your focus to see opportunities, to see the good, you know, to like the first question you said, what is possible right now? If you look for possibilities, you find possibilities. If you look for problems, you find problems. That is the the mechanics of all of this, isn't it? Some people are more naturally talented, if you like. Some people have to work harder than it, but it is available to everyone, no matter what your circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I had a friend who told me one time, he's like, whatever you look for, you're going to find. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, it, and it's so true. You know, you you see there there's people who can find you know uh, a problem for every solution. You know? <laughs> right. Right. I love that. Yeah. I love that saying. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like yeah, it's like that 
person always can find something wrong with every, you know, and it, and it is, it, it is a training of, of your mind, almost training like of your mind's eye, you know? And I know for me personally, like I, I had to really, really, especially when I became a, an adult, when I was actually like outside of my mother's, you know, realm of influence, um, I had to to learn how to train my my mind, you know, with um, I, I like to do affirmations, you know, um, where and people are like, well, affirmations are oh, like I'm a millionaire, you know, it's like, oh, no, like you don't have to go that big, you know, but you, you can say that you can just tell yourself I am greatness. You can just start right there. Just start start with something that you can believe. You know, and then it, it grows because then you start seeing the little bits and pieces of that manifesta- manifesting in your life where it's like, oh, man, like I am like really showing up now. Like it's really it's really happening, you know, and and I, and I think the cool thing, you know, going back to what you were saying about certain people probably thinking, like, well, I don't have that access. The cool thing about us living in the world that we live in today, it's everywhere, like knowledge is everywhere, you know? And it's just like, it's like, okay, just finding, you know, cause really it takes, takes one book, you know, one book to light, to light that flame to where you're like, now I have this insatiable hunger for knowledge, you know, and growth, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, and I, I like, I'm sure you have like one book in mind where you're like, I read that book and it changed my life. Yeah, I mean, there's been loads of those mini, you have a moment and then you have another moment and another yeah. moment and, yeah, yeah. You know, and you're down the rabbit hole and it's a great rabbit hole to be down. Yeah. Um, you know, like you say, the information is out there, you know, in abundance. It's just go go reach for it is the, is the real starting point. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times too, you know, people are like, well, I'm not a reader, you know, and it's like, I get that dude. Totally get that. You know, but there's also, there's also documentaries, you know, like for me, <laughs> I love a good sports documentary because there's no better, you know, representation of, of, uh, tr- I don't say trial and error, but just like that, that give and take of like struggle, you know, than than in sports and then in the sports arena where, you know, every person who ever became something in the sports arena had to struggle for a little bit. You know, I think about like um, Michael Jordan, they just did the last dance documentary. Oh my God, it was so good. You know, but it's like before Jordan became the greatest, the goat, you know, you know, he was talking about when those early 90, 90 um, Bulls teams had to go against the Pistons, you know, and it was just like they were constantly getting beat up by the Pistons, Knicks, you know, and for him to become Michael Jordan, he had to overcome that obstacle, you know, and it's, it's so, that is so much life, you know, it's like for us, when we go to level up, there's just like, there's an obstacle there that we have to push through. And then we level up and then you can just turn around. And if you think of it like as a stair, stair, staircase, you turn around and you just pour cement into the staircase. Right, you right, know? Right. And then you can't go back down. Yeah. You know, it's like Michael Jordan won that championship and he's like, well, now I can't go back. You know, it's like, I, you know, it's like you can't go, can't go back to not having a championship, you know, <laughs> you know? And so. It's such a great, I mean, sport is, 
the old, you know, like you watch one game of sport and there's so many life lessons you can take from that one game. Yeah. It's the same, you know, I've, I find it the same in the music industry. People's experience in the music industry is, you know, there's, there's so many lessons that they take for life. Um, and I do completely agree with what you're saying about, you know, leveling up. And for me, I always describe it like, you know, if you really want something, it's almost like just before you get it, there's going to be a hell of a test just to make sure you really want it. And if you can get through that test, then you get to the other side. But that moment is, it's almost like, are you sure you really want this? Cause you're about to get it. So prove it. Like you're not just going to get it easy. You have to get it. You have to work for it. Yeah. 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 I, like I, I 100% agree. You know, it's like anytime it's almost like that. It's like that birthing process, you yeah, know, yeah. like when you're, especially like when you, you're doing like a new album or something like that. It's like, like, uh, when I released like my last album, I, uh, I, I hate recording. Like I hate the recording process. <laughs> like some people love it because they like to tinker and all this stuff. I enjoy performing. Like that is my thing. I love being on stage. I love, I hate recording. Cause it just, it almost just like it, it's so like painstakingly like blah. I was like, all right, let's do this take again. Let's do this take again, you know? And then once you do that, then you have to listen through all of them and you go, okay, I like that one. All right, no, I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> do we have another? <laughs> You're just like, oh God. Um, but it's like that sometimes can be the struggle that leads to this beautiful creation and it's like once you have that beautiful creation you get to present it to the world and then that creation can take you literally all over the world you know and so it's like and it is it that's 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 life you know sometimes like it feels like you're just in this struggle you know and then you power through the struggle and then next thing you know you're on this whole other plateau and this other journey and you're just like soaring you know you're just like ah that wasn't so bad yeah 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 <laughs> it's worth it in the end yeah but it sucks right, it sucks it. when you're going through it for sure like it's horrible when you're going through it and it feels like it will never end and that comes you know that comes to my to my next point that I wanted to talk to you about really is you know we we've spoken about the influences and you know like I'm just I'm so uh, like happy for you and grateful for you that you had a beautiful influence growing up. I mean, it, you know, the situation that your mom was in, she could have easily turned it in a different way. You could have easily gone down a different route. There's plenty of, not, I don't want to say excuses, but there's plenty of reasons not to go down that route, but she chose that direction for you and for her. And, and that's an inspirational woman right there. But like you say, that doesn't mean just because you're getting hit with this information and knowledge that life is all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies and whichever other pretty animals they are out there. <laughs> unicorns. But, yeah, unicorns, yeah, unicorns and everything, all of that. Um, and, you know, those are the moments where we're really defined as a, as a personality and as an identity, aren't they? It's not really how we handle the easy things or the good things in life. It's how we handle the setbacks. And I'm sure for you, you know, there's moments in your life of, well, I'm not like of stress, of pain, of times where you didn't think this was going to work out, where it's all falling apart. How, talk to me about those kind of times in your life and how you managed to come through them. Man, um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I'll be like completely honest. Yeah. So it actually, so my mom actually passed away seven years ago. Um, so I, um, I was 29 when it happened. So <clears throat> no one do the math. We don't need to, you know, you don't need to know how old I am. But now, um, I, so I, I just, I'm originally from um, the state of Kentucky, which is like in U.S. geography. It's right underneath, uh, well, actually it's right above <laughs> Tennessee. I don't even know geography, but <laughs> it's right above, it's right above the state of Tennessee, uh, which is where Nashville is. Anyway, so um, I moved to Nashville and um, I was, I had moved because of retail, I was working at a retail store and then I quit that job and started playing music and all that stuff. And um, my brother called me and basically he called me one morning and he said, mom had had uh, a stroke. And um, so I left, went home to Kentucky and I thought I was gonna be home for like a weekend and I was there for three weeks and she ended up passing. And um, <clears throat> it was one of those things where that was 29 going into 30, like that whole 29, 30, 31, like those were a rough couple of years. Those are the, those were some trying years, <laughs> you know. Um, my mom passed away and that just really, it kind of refocused, refocused me a little bit where it was like, all right, like if you're going to, cause I kind of been messing around with music. I kind of been just like, I play some shows every once in a while and I do, you know, but I wasn't like super duper taking it serious. And so when mom passed away, I just said like, you know, if you're going to do this, like then really do it, you know? Um, and so I ended up recording my first little EP and uh, <laughs> it was like $500. I recorded like the sanctuary of a church, you know, <laughs> like, like just like this guy uh, I had met at like, I don't know, just some random thing. And he was like, yeah, I do. I do recording. Like I can record this for you, you know, and he had like this little mobile rig and we'd set up in this church and, you know, and I think each song probably had like two or three instruments, like my guitar and like a cello, you know, <laughs> like it was, it was like, like the epitome of like the first album, you know, but, um, uh, we, re we started recording in November and then my mom's birthday is March 10th. And I was like, I'm going to release it on mom's birthday. And it would have been her, uh, her 50th birthday. And so I just remember now looking back, I'm like, Oh God, like, you know, just, I was so, so green, but we got it done and I was freaking out because I didn't think we were going to get it done in time. And I'd already told people like this day, this is happening. I had done like a Facebook, like countdown, like, you know, doing all these crazy things. And I'm like, I don't even know if we're going to get finished by then, <laughs> you know? And uh, I remember submitting it to uh, this online distributor and they were like, yeah, it could take probably like, you know, two weeks before it goes live on, on iTunes. And I was like, I don't have two weeks because <laughs> I got two days, you know? And then I remember, um, gosh, I remember March the 10th at midnight. So it was like March 9th going into March 10th. Uh, my friend Katie sent me a text and she was like, 
hey, I just bought your album on iTunes. And I was like, what? She's like, it's so great. Da, 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 da. And then I, I went to sleep, woke up the next day, and it was just like Facebook messages, text messages. Everybody's like, oh, my God, oh, my gosh, you know. And, of course, like, I'm like, oh, I need to call my mom, you know. And, you know, obviously she wasn't there, and so I cried, you know. Um, and so <clears throat> that was just like a piece of it. And then later I was working this job and this is all within the same couple of years. I was working this job. I ended up getting fired and um, over some time, like a time clock issue. And I also ended up like losing my apartment all about the same time. So it was like one of those things where I was bouncing around on couches trying to find like you know, like some, you know, place to stay and all this. And it came down to just me making a decision. You know, it was like, go home back to Kentucky. And, you know, but the thing was music would, would stop because Nashville is like music city. You know, it's like, if I go home, if I go back to Kentucky, it's over. Like music stops, like, you know, or stick it out. You know, and and so I did. I I put all my stuff in a storage unit, and I was living. I was homeless for about a year and some change. Just like I was living out of my car. I uh, I had a little job at the YMCA that was just like giving me like a couple hundred dollars, a, you know, <laughs> a week. You know, and. I had a free gym membership. So that was how I was taking showers. You know, I was taking showers at the Y and no one, but no one knew. Like I'd come in, like I had like a little gym bag, you know, people just thought I was going in to like work out, but it had like literally my entire, like, you know, um, and so I go in, take a shower, come back out. They were like, all right, see you later, family. I'm like, Hey, see you buddy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I just, I mean, I, I, I pushed that little CD all over the place, man. I went on my first tour, uh, my first, you know, um, Southeast American tour, like Georgia and the Carolinas and Florida and places like that. And, you know, and uh, ended up meeting this, this woman and she just kind of became like a, I don't know, like she kind of funded my life for a little bit and playing in like Australia. I don't know. It was, but you know, even in that, it was kind of like, that was kind of a toxic relationship. And so to answer your question, I know this is a very long answer to <laughs> fascinating answer though. Yeah. You know, um, it, it came down to the point cause I did that for about a year, a year and a half. And it just came down to the point where I, I just, I, I, I had had enough, you know, um, I was in this weird, relationship with this woman and it was like actually an abusive relationship like mentally and emotionally like obviously she wasn't like hitting me or anything like that but it was like you know very manipulative you know and I just came to the conclusion I was like you know no amount of money is worth my happiness you know and you know you, you when you start having to make those kind of decisions you know it it can really like you're like, so this is rock bottom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, oh, gosh, you know, you're, 
you're sleeping in your car for more than a year and it's like, I'm not a short person, you know? <laughs> so it's just like, you know, I'm finding places to park my car because, you know, you're out literally in the elements, you know, so I'm parking it behind buildings so people can't see it from the street or I'm parking it in like dark corners of a park so people don't, you know, and, you know, you just, you're, you're just going, I know that this is going to pay off in the end. You know, but even though you know, you're like, I hope. Right, right. And, and that, you know, that is so true, right? Because that, you know, that's what I want to ask you is like, how did you keep going? Because, you know, it's fascinating what you just said. And it's such an insight into what you've been through. But on those dark days, even that you kind of, I know it's going to be better and I hope it's going to be better. How did you keep going? Man, honestly, I think it was just me believing in in my dream, you know, uh, really believing in in just that I, I I knew it to be true to me, you know, um, and I I knew that someone was looking out for me, you know. Um, whether it be God, source energy, the universe, whatever you want to call it, a higher power was looking out for me, you know, because, you know, I think sometimes, you know, I think about now, like, God, if I was homeless in this, in this pandemic or the, you know, where it's like a whole different vibe, you know, and it's like, I never, I never went hungry, you know, I, I always had gas in my car somehow, you know, it's just like, you know, and I mean, and, you know, when you're homeless for a year, year and a half, you're like, you're going through literally the winter, you know, <laughs> like, it's not like, you know, it's not like, oh, I was only homeless during the springtime. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, no, this is also like the winter, you know, and I, I remember there were nights where, you know, I would be wrapped up in like a coat and then wrapped up in a blanket and then, you know, in the car. And then if it was, super cold I had like this automatic starter on my car I would just run the automatic starter for like 10 minutes just to like warm up the car and then it would cut off and then I you know and so it's just like you know like there were things how I got through it was just being like this is a part of the story and this won't last forever and then also knowing what I what I knew to be true. Like I said, like sometimes you have to go back to what you know that's true, you know. And it's like I knew that this was not my story. You know what I'm saying? Like this was just a little blip. Yeah, uh, you know, this wasn't this wasn't the Bentley story. You know, <laughs> this wasn't like. And then he was homeless. The, <laughs> the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like this is just like a page or a chapter in the story of Bentley Caldwell. You know, this is not how the story ends. You know, and so that's how I got through it, man, to be honest. I, I love that. I love that because, you know, I think sometimes people look at their lives and think, this is my story. This is my lot. This is my, you know, quote unquote destiny. And it's just the way it is. But, you know, we know and we've been in the environments where, a chapter of your life isn't 
the story of your life and the next chapter of your life, you know, can be created in the way that you want it to go. But you need some of those truths. You need some of that belief and some of that faith and all those kind of things. And that's plays such a big part. But, you know, perspective also of this chapter, you know, isn't going the way I want it to go. It's not happening for me, but this isn't the end. I think the next chapter you know, we, you know, we've both been through the process and any good story starts off with someone whose life is going great. And then it takes a real downhill, but you know, most movies that you watch, it's like the middle, middle section of that story is all the trials and tribulations. And then there is the happy ending. And that's how we've kind of got to look at these challenges in our life. It's like, this is the middle bit. Like I can still work to get to the end of the story and make my story something that will be an example for other people to look at and say, wow, you came through that. Yeah. And I think a lot of times too, what, what happens for people and, it, and it's sad is, you know, sometimes people just like give up, you know, where they go, this is my, this is, this is it, you know? And it's like, no, like, again, this is just a, this is just a chapter. Like I remember growing up, I don't know if you guys had this in the UK, but we had these books where if you, you could read to a certain point in the book and then it'd say, if you would like to continue with this plan, go to the page, whatever, whatever. If you like to continue with this one, go to page, whatever, whatever, you know? And of course we all cheated. It was like, Oh, let me go to page. I don't like that. Let's go to <laughs> yeah, page. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, it, that's kind of symbolic of life. You know, it's like we get to a chapter to the end of a chapter and then we go again, what is it that what's the choice that we want to make? How do we want to play this out? How do we want to frame this? It goes back to all back to framing. You know, like I could have in my in those moments of like my mother passing away or me being homeless or you know, whatever, you know, I could have framed that as um, oh, what was me? Oh my god, life is you know the worst is happening to me all the time. Like, look, my mom died and now I don't have a job. and Now I don't have anywhere. You know, I could have framed it like that, you know, but it was like, no, like, you know, this is putting me somewhere, you know, to where, again, I can help someone else. You know, I remember, again, this is not me tooting my own horn or anything like that, but I remember, you know, when my mom passed away, so many more of my friends' parents passed away after that, you know, and it was like, I had the opportunity to help them in their journey. You know, um, I remember <laughs> I was going downtown to downtown Broadway here in Nashville to play a show. And there were like some homeless people on the little strip right there. And there was a guy who was our age, dude, you know, and I just remember going, the only difference between me and this guy is that I have a car. And I can go somewhere to take showers, you know, but in his mind, he's probably, oh, he's got a car, he's got this guitar, he's got all these clothes, you know, and I remember like having a conversation with him and I had just gone to buy like some body wash and stuff like that, like some toiletries for myself. And I just was like, you know what, dude, here, you know, and I gave them to him and dude, you know, you would have thought that like I had given him like money, like legitimate money. You know, and he was like, dude, oh, man. And I think and the thing was, it was like. Yeah, and I realized this while I was in that state, it was like. 
the biggest thing for me was like just taking a shower. You know what I'm saying? And for him, it was the same thing. He was like, oh man, like I've been needing this. I've been needing something like this. Cause it's like now he can go and take a shower and smell like a human and clean, you know, and cleanse himself and stuff like, you know. And so it's like, for me, like I reframed it as I'm again, I am, this is just a moment in my life. This is not the end, you know? And it's like, what can I do in this moment to enjoy this moment? You know, and I just, I remember seeing, watching some really beautiful sunsets and sunrises, you know, cause I was just sitting in my car, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, uh, and so it's just like things like that, you know, it, it, it all goes back to just how you frame it, you know, and, and it's like, what do you want? How do you want the next chapter to go? You know, when this chapter is finished. Yes inspirational words man like it's the story that you've been through you know i didn't know i obviously i didn't know a lot of this and to hear hear it firsthand it's it's so inspirational because it's a story of someone who has taken accountability and responsibility for what they can do and do the best with that and you know that's what it's all about really is is what can you do with what you've got right now and how can you try exactly. and turn it into something? Ah, exactly. And that and that's that's literally yeah, you hit the nail right on the head, man. It's like, what can you do with what it is that you have right now? You know, and and it, I mean it really all boils back down to gratitude as well. Yeah. You know, it's I, like I noticed it, that because you you know, you talked about watching the sun the sunset. And uh, you know, the thing that strikes me is that the humor that you have for that situation looking back as well. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that you can look back and smile about it but you know you, you talked about the the sun the sunset gratitude must have played a huge part in it because you kind of got taught you know the simple things in life really matter yeah yeah man i mean it dude I, it's funny because like yeah i i <laughs> it in my life we we were kind of taught because i mean growing up we went through some chronic crappy situations you know um like, you know, I grew up in like kind of like a low income, like low middle class, you know. Um, but for a while there, my mom, my brother and I were like living in my grandmother's attic, <laughs> you know, you know. Um, and so we just kind of like learned how to laugh through some of the things. You know, I remember when my mom passed away, you know, like, don't get me wrong, like that was devastating, you know, like. I mean, I cried harder than I think I've ever cried for my life. Like literally like my path all was like, like holding me up. Cause like my body just like gave out, you know? Um, but I mean, there was a, there was a moment where, you know, we, we had to like decide kind of like what to do with like the body, you know? And, you know, and it's just interesting because it was just so, there were so many men, we we're all like in this little, like we're at the hospital and we're like in this like little conference room and it's like all the men of my family and they're like this little like <laughs> little lady doctor like okay like you know what do you guys want to do with the organs and, da, 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 da. and you you know some some of the guys like stood up to like speak and my uh, my brother and I have different fathers and so my brother's dad was there and he got up and he was gonna say something and then like his emotions just like 
overcame him you know and he's like a big dude like used to be like a judo guy like just a big guy and he was like my mom's name was stephanie he was like well stephanie would <laughs> you know and it was like it like it it caught up with him you know caught him by surprise and say so <laughs> you know and so after you know he starts crying and we're all like crying and so afterwards we were sitting outside of the area and it's me and my three cousins and we're just sitting there and one of my cousins just he looks up at us he goes yo what the f was wrong with phil b <laughs> and so we're just like oh we died laughing you know and it's just like you know and, and we were laughing so hard like the hospital we were like you guys got to go down the hall like you get you know and it's like we just i don't i don't I don't know if it's a human thing. I know for sure it's it's just our family. We've always been able to overcome situations with with humor or with joy, you know. And so being in that situation, it was just like, where where what's what's the positive in this, you know? And now and you know even looking back, like was it easy? No. I would would I want to do it again? Hell no, <laughs> you know. You know, but like. What what were there beautiful part moments in it? Yeah, most definitely. You know, like would I encourage anyone to live in their car for no, no, like no, trust me, no, don't do it. But you know, it for me, it felt like the right decision at that time in my life. You know, because like I said, if I had gone back to my hometown, which is a very really, really small town, Paducah, Kentucky, you know, like there's no music scene there. You know, I would end up working at some plant somewhere and, you know, like, you know, so for me, it was, it was one of those things where I was like, no, like, I don't want, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, it's just like, who can stay in the saddle the longest, you know? And so, yeah, man. It's amazing story, Bentley. And, you know, I'm so blessed that you're sharing this with us. Coming to the part of the podcast where we bring it back to the music side of things, because music has that huge ability to soothe our mood, change our mood, uh, offer support, offer inspiration, all those things. And we're pulling together a music and mindset playlist. And so I'm going to throw it over to you to give me your three tracks that would have to be on an inspirational playlist or a playlist of songs that just make you feel a certain way. Oh, just like all together or like my music. Cause I'm like, Oh, yeah, you need well, this well, song. You, are, you <laughs> can, you know what? You can choose your own music. Oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Available on now. iTunes. Go get it right now. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> That's Bentley like the car. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, oh man, three songs that are okay. Uh, I say number one, uh, "A Change Gonna Come" by Sam Cooke. Um, I just think, man, like right now, in, in the the time that we're living in, especially with like the Black Lives Matter movement and things like that. Like, I mean, just to think of that song being written, you know what 60 years ago maybe you know <laughs> you know 40 50 years ago and it's still being so relevant to 
today. Um, yeah, so that song, A Change Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. Um, I am actually gonna throw one of my songs in there. Uh, I have a song called um, The Place That I Call Home. Um, that's on my, my album. Um, and actually there is a spoken word poem uh, right before that poem on the album. And they kind of go hand in hand. And basically the song is about being black in America. Um, which I guess now could be <laughs> being black in the world, um, you know, uh, and just the the racial injustices and the uh, systematic or systemic uh, race, racism. You know, um, I remember before I would perform that song, I would say that and people would be kind of like, what are we, what? What are you talking, huh? You know, <laughs> and I I remember being very um, nervous about about that song because you know, like black guy up here with a guitar getting ready to like tell my story. You know, um, you you never know how people are gonna gonna receive it. And I mean, obviously, not obviously, but it was never really received negatively. Um, and then now that it's we're in the climate that we're in, um, I just still I still feel like that song just rings even louder. Um, I say and then number three. Ooh man, this is I don't know. I'm gonna have to go with inspirational songs. I'll come back to you. I'll come okay. back to you on that one. Okay. There, there's so there, many. There, there is so, so many. many. Like, Ugh, good songs. I'm like, Jesus, like you could throw any Marley song in there and yeah, just like yeah, get up, stand sure. up. Oh my yeah. gosh, right? Yeah, what a tune. I mean, you know, his pretty much his whole album is inspirational and a story to tell, a message to take from it. Just on those points, Bentley, you know, on the Black Lives Matter situation, you know, it's it's a huge thing that needs talking about and not just talking about once in a while or once when an incident happens, you know, I'm actually glad that we're having this conversation a few weeks after the tragic event with George Floyd, because we still need to be talking about it. It's not something that goes away just because the hype has died down around it. I'd love to get your feelings, your thoughts on how do we help? What, what can we do to change this? And just in general, the Black Lives Matter movement, which of course we're all fully supportive of because racism of all forms has to stop now. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's, it's been wild, man. Um, just seeing it. So this has been, it's been so interesting because it's been almost a perfect storm for this to happen, you know? Um, so in the past, because like George Floyd is not the first, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. you know, the, yeah. like by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but it's been it's been so interesting just how it happened, you know. So um, this go around, it was Ahmaud Avery, and then everybody was uh, an outrage of that. Like this, you know, if anybody's not familiar, Ahmaud Avery was uh, this young black man who was running through a neighborhood just going and, for a run i mean yeah literally going for a run through a neighborhood um and two men shot and killed him because he 
looked like somebody who had done something um, earlier. Like they had no proof, no, they just took it in, in their own hands and hunted this kid down because he ran the same route every day, hunted him down, shot and killed him. Um, the crazy thing about that was that happened in February. We didn't find out about it until May. You know, and so you're just like, wait, what? And it was because whoever videotaped it decided to release the video to the public. So it was like, we would have, we could have never even known about this kid if that person who literally videotaped a murder didn't, you know, decided to like, you know, release it. So, so you had the um, Ahmad Avery and then Brianna Taylor. And if you're unfamiliar with her, she was actually in, from my home state, you know, um, she was an EMT, which is just like um, um, a person who works in the medical field, like on ambulances and stuff like that. Um, she was an EMT. She was asleep at home with her husband and the police stormed into her house um, and they ended up killing her and but it was mistaken they were supposed to go to another house so she ended up getting murdered by the police her officers are still not arrested the people who killed her are still not arrested and then about a week later george floyd happened you know and everybody knows that story and so usually and i hate to even say this but usually in america there's like one black person killed and then there's this uproar and then it dies down and then people go about, about their business. And then another year or two later, there's another black person killed, uproar, people go about their business. With this, it was, there were the three cases so close together. And then there was no distraction because, I mean, right now we should just be finishing the Olympics. You know, we should just be finishing Euro 2020. You know, the NBA season should be going. Um, the, the Premier League should, you know, like there should be all these distractions. And since there were no distractions, people couldn't hide. People couldn't hide from the fact that there is this thing happening, you know. And so as a, as a black person seeing this, it was just like, Yes, finally. Like now you're you're getting it, you know, and it was just so it was so great to see just like, you know, I can't speak for the UK, but I know for like white America, just speaking like seeing white America go, OK, there really is a thing happening right now, you know, where it's these that black Americans are being I don't want to say hunted because that seems like a very big word, but it's like to see to see that this kid was literally running down the street, killed. This woman is in bed, sleep, killed. This man, even though he may have had, may have been in an altered state because everybody's like, well, he might have been on drugs and da 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 da. Even still, was murdered. Murdered. You know, it's like if you sit on someone's neck, kneel on someone's neck for almost nine minutes, you know, like 
that's that's murder <laughs> you know and i think it it was just it it was really nice to see like white americans going okay enough is enough what can we do you know and really starting to educate themselves you know because a lot of times why a lot of times people who are not people of color will say well i'm not racist you know and it's like not being racist is not the same as being anti-racist you know what i'm saying like not being racist is saying well i'm not in the game Mm, exactly you know exactly. <laughs> like you know like you're you're just a, sport, a spectator you know it's like no no, no like you gotta you, it's time for you to pick a side right for sure you know? for sure yeah you know it and is. so you saw a lot and then you also saw a lot of white people calling each other out yeah you know which yeah. rarely ever happens where you know and that's and that was kind of the thing like i remember getting a lot of phone calls and emails and text messages from friends saying hey man like you want to get together and get coffee. I want to talk to you about this. What can I do to help? What can I do to help? You know? And I would just tell them like, you know, number one, educate yourself, you know, educate yourself on, on the struggle of, of black people, uh, especially here in, in the States, you know, of, you know, being literally kidnapped from Africa and brought over here, you know, all through the middle passage. I mean, like, can you imagine that? Like you, you are an African king an african prince you know you or you it doesn't matter you could just be just a regular african guy in a tribe you know and you're out doing your thing and then these people that you've never seen come kidnap you and then they chain you to by your neck by your feet you know to another african who doesn't speak your language you know, and might even be from a rival tribe, you know, and then you're put on these ships, you know, and it's like, even flying from, <laughs> from like the UK to the US is like, what, seven hours? And we're like, oh, God, these seats and I still don't have legroom, you, know? <laughs> you know? And then like, think about like what the middle passage was like, like you're literally in this creaking boat laying on your back for at least a month because you're going from Africa all the way to the U.S. Like, I think that's a 24-hour plane ride, you know what I'm saying? So you're, and you're, you're sitting in your own feces, someone else's feces, the rats, the smell, you're chained to, like, probably a dead person by now, you know, and then you survive, you get off and now you're in a whole other country where no one speaks your language and no one looks like you. And that's how it, that's how the black Americans started in this country, you know? And it's like a lot of white people just, Oh yeah, I took us history. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, civil war, (laughs) you know, and it's like, yeah, there's, there's more to that. There's more to it. Definitely. Education is so key, isn't it? I think it's time that, you know, we don't get spoon fed the education that we have been given, that we really do take responsibility. This is all races. This is everyone involved in this now. We need to educate ourselves. And it does start, the starting point is education. I mean, you know, thankfully there are people asking now, 
how can I help? What can I do? You know, how can I be involved? Because you're right, sitting on the sidelines is not good enough. Not being racist is not good enough now. We have to be against this. Otherwise, it'll you're giving it the pass, aren't you? You're giving it like the, the you're just kind of turning a blind eye to it. Educa- education has to be the starting point here. Yeah. And I, and I think also too, for, for black people, I think we also have to, you know, take ownership of, of some of our things as well. You know, I think, you know, a lot of the actions of, of the black population um, here in, in the States is a trauma, trauma um, response, you know, and, you know, and it's like, I, I really truly believe that black people need to, we need to take care of our mental health just as much as, you know, any of the other races, you know, and I think in the black community, you know, therapy and all these things that get a stigma as, Oh, that's like oh, a white 100%. thing or, yeah. you know, weakness it's, it's seen as a weakness, isn't it? So many times within, you know, I can only speak for the ethnic minorities around here, but I know that within Blacks, Indians, Asians, it's a weak, it's seen as a weakness. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, like, you know, we're, you know, we are using unhealthy coping mechanisms to, to, to get through this. And, you know, and it's like, we're literally passing down generational trauma, you know, and it's, especially for, for black Americans, you know, it's like, we, our entire existence has been built on trauma you know like i said like just 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 a few seconds ago you know going surviving the middle passage is a traumatic experience you know how many people do you know who are afraid to be on an airplane and they come off the plane and they're just <laughs> you know it's like imagine <laughs> you know like it's hot you're on the was the you're coming across the atlantic you know like it's hot. It's you're on a boat, you're doing, you know, and then, you know, to be stripped from your entire family and then given to another group of people and then being just enslaved, you know, and then it's just like, so it's just generational trauma, generational trauma, because like the, the black African or not black African, but the, the black American, we're only a few generations removed. From yeah. Slavery. It's not, it's recent history. That is, this is what I yeah. think is. Cause we we're not to, that old. No, we need to remember that this isn't thousands of years ago. This isn't ancient history. This, this is, is recent history, <laughs> right? This is, you're talking about, like you say, generational trauma and not many gen- generations ago. No. You know, because it's like there are certain people whose great grandparents were slaves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, like is it what, a generation is what, 50 years or was it 50 or 100 or something like that? Yeah. yeah. But so it's like, you know, slavery ended in, or oh, the Civil War ended in 1864, I believe. You know, it's like, that's, like 240 years ago. Like that's not, no time. Like that's no not, time. you know, and it's always funny. Cause like when I go to UK and like, you guys are like, Oh, in 13, such and such and such. And I'm just like, we weren't even a country. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we weren't even thought about yet. You know, you know, and so it is one of those things where you're like, no, like, yeah. And it, it's just, it is passed down, you know, and there's, I mean, Jesus, man, we could talk about this all day. There's like so many, 
things, even just like with, you know, the absence of the black father and, you know, how, you know, the American prison system is just another, you know, is basically, yeah, the American slave system just under a different. <laughs> it, I mean, like, you know, like you say, we could, we could get into this and we probably sh- should uh, in another time. I think this is a whole different conversation that would be fascinating to, to bring to light, but you know, it's like you say about education. I read about the American uh, prison system and I was like, oh, so you've just renamed slavery and made it legal. Like, oh, okay. Right. Right. You know, like, you know, and it's, it's crazy, man. And people are like, well, you know, if they don't do the crime, then they don't, shouldn't have to do the time. And it's like, when, the, uh, it's, it's not that simple. It's just like it's like okay, then there's the whole profiling right. thing, and then the whole right, like you know lack so of opportunities and the whole poverty of, and all that kind of stuff that sets uh, sets people up to fail, and then uh, and then uh, manipulates and tries to benefit off their failure. And I think that's you know there's so much to talk about here, Bentley. We definitely should get into this in a in a whole other five hour podcast that we could do together. <laughs> Dude, basically, I just became your co-host. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that's what's <laughs> happened here. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, Bentley. I mean, like it is anyway. If I call you up on a friendship level, it's always a pleasure to speak to you. But this particular has been a beautiful conversation. You know, I, I'm particularly blessed that we got to honor your mom and bring that memory back. I think that's such a beautiful part of this whole podcast and this whole talk that we have. Yeah, man. I I, I always, cause you know, when I had to give her eulogy, you know, I just, I called her a, a champion of humanity, mm. you know, like she just, it, it, I don't like that people don't tell you about people until they pass away. Yeah. But, but I, I was really grateful, you know, to, to hear so many people just be like, Oh my gosh, your mother, your mother, you know, she did this for me. Your mother was this for me. Your mother gave me a chance. Your mother, when no one was giving me a chance, you know, I, um, I remember, you know, I got her, I got her cell phone after she passed away. And, you know, I, I went through her text and just seeing like how she was constantly reaching out to people, just giving them a word of encouragement, you know, or a little Bible verse or, yeah. you know, like all these little things, you know, and, you know, and, and it's just one of those things where you're just like, man, like, you know, I, I, I'm glad that, you know, I had a chance to just even talk about her, yeah. you know, and it, it always reminds me of just like how much influence she did actually have on my life, mm. you know? Mm. Um, and dude, thank you just so much for you just even having me on here, man. Uh, like we definitely, just, we definitely do it again, brother. We'll definitely do it again. There's so much more we can talk about, you know, like I say, we've been in, in similar circles and similar places and, you know, we, we both, we, we, you know, you get it and you get what I'm saying and I get what you're saying. We should definitely do this again. Yeah, man. You know, it's not like I have anything else to do. Man. Right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bentley, thank you so much brother. I really appreciate your time today. No problem, man. No problem. <laughs>